Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to episode 24 of the Groovy Podcast. Today is the 3rd of March, and you're listening to Peter Ledbrook, podcasting from London, England. <laughs> and I'm, I'm Ken Cousin, podcasting this time from San Diego, California. And I'm Baruch, podcasting from JFrog's office at Santa Clara, California. Well, gentlemen, as you can tell, I'm a little bit rusty. Uh, you'll probably have to carry me through this episode. Um, thanks for wonderful to have you back, though. <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts this time. And I hopefully can uh, uh, keep going with the with the odd one off. So, yeah, we'll with Ken. We can be sure that the podcast is not going anywhere. That's the uh, spirit. That Bob. can be taken two ways. <laughs> it's not going anywhere, or it's not going anywhere. That's how I took it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you backtrack now. <laughs> so I should mention yeah. we, have, we have a bit of a studio audience. I'm teaching a groovy class this week. Um, but the powers that be at the corporation would probably prefer that I not mention where I am. Okay? So I'll simply say that I've got people here who are wildly enthusiastic about groovy. They are among the finest students I have ever encountered this, this week. And uh, very nice people, and I'll simply say that you know they paid for this class, and therefore they this is a wonderful, wonderful company, and everybody should work here. Cool. Well, and you I'm happy that we get a Mexican wave to follow that up, right? Or at least a cheer. Okay. So, yay! Yay! Hey. hey, everyone! Great to have you on board. Uh, okay, so. Um, since this is my first one for a little while, feeling a little rusty, try to get through this fairly quickly, although, you know, knowing me, I'll probably go off on a tangent for a while. Um, starting with the news, it didn't feel like there was a particularly busy couple of weeks, but there are a few interesting items. First thing, Groovy246 finally came out. It's now been released. So, hey. yeah. Congratulations to Cedric, Guillaume, and the rest of the Groovy team. That, this is, I think, the full, first full official Apache release, or possibly no, using the no, full no. Apache release process. Yeah, the, the previous one was already Apache release, but this one, I think, is the first one out of the incubator, uh, which means that the team did it by themselves without their mentors holding their hands. And I think that, yes, more more Apache infrastructure was involved. Excellent. So, yeah, uh, it, they, they've done a good job there. Um, obviously, hopefully we will get uh, a Groovy 2.5 at some point. Um, I don't know if it's been decided yet whether what's going to go into Groovy 2.5. So we'll see how that goes. We have a link in our show notes to the change log if you want to see what has changed. I think it's mostly bug fixes and the like. I think it's exclusively bug fixes. Um, it is a patch release after all. And uh, with Groovy still, there was uh, a little bit of news that Groovy has jumped into the top 20 of the TOBE or TIOBE index. I always say TIOBE. If you're not familiar with this one, it's basically, I, I had a quick look before the show. They do like web search across multiple web engines for programming. So it's like Groovy programming or Java programming and see how many results you get, I think. 
Does that sound about right to you guys? Yeah, it's one of those yep. somewhat controversial measures that uh, if you don't like it, you could say, ah, they're not doing anything that we care about. And if you do like it, you can point out a link to the actual index. As you say, Groovy is now at number 20, or at least I just went there, and it, that's the index for February. And uh, didn't make any headlines, but it's nice to know that, that at least it's in that, that bulk. I, I don't see uh, Scholar or Closure, though. No, there was a little bit of news, some people pointing out that Scarlet had dropped out. Um, I'm definitely in one of the camps that is a little bit hesitant about reading too much into the TOB numbers. Right. I think absolute numbers, especially when they're really close together, which a lot of the, you know, below 10 or something, they're not really big numbers anyway. You know, Java and C dominate still. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but... In relative terms, it's a it's a good sign. It's um, a sort of extra little fillip to Groovy that it seems people are more interested in it, even if it is just people are you know asking more questions or hey, how do you fix this or what have you. I mean, people do things on the net for different reasons. Um, that's why it's such a hard index to say absolute numbers mean that it's more popular. You know, it can, some people say, hey, it could be a more difficult language, so people are asking more questions, or what have you. Well, assuming it's not just noise, then certainly that's probably the rise of Gradle again, and, and as well as the fact that now that they're a top-level Apache project, a lot of companies are more willing to uh, allow the adoption, to undergo the adoption. Yes, so what have you been hearing? I mean, I've been hearing that since it moved to Apache, uh, not just top-level project, but moving to Apache has become more popular as a language. Um, the last numbers we saw from Guillaume is he was saying that we went, uh, that the language went from about 4 million downloads a month up to 12 uh, once they were adopted at Apache. But that's, uh, that was a couple months ago. I don't know that I've heard anything this year yet. Um, but that uh, seems to be very successful. I know personally, as someone who teaches training classes, I've gotten a lot more interest in Gradle in the last few months, uh, and that seems to be driving adoption. Of course, I got this wonderful Groovy class here this week. You know, that's that's all good too. Mm, cool. Uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, good point about Gradle as well. So I think the the, the TOB index, in re you can view you can take something from it in terms of relative changes. So Groovy has become more popular. I'd say it's uh, that's fairly likely. So that's all good. So anybody, I this is something that's cropped up. Somebody emailed me and said, oh, Groovy seems to be dead or dying and what have you. So I had to reply and go back and say, well, actually, a lot of people are saying it's doing really well. Hey, look at the TO index and various other things. So, um, Well, that's, that's, that's strange. That's kind of strange statement that Groovy is dying because from what I heard, um, it's now much more... In a much better place with Apache than it was before, because serious companies which are fine with uh, with software from Apache but not from other places are more than happy to adopt Groovy now. So that's a very strange statement that Groovy is dying. Why would it? Yeah, well, uh, people ha you know get their news from different places. I mean, it was it seemed obvious that this person hadn't seen a lot of things that were happening. Um, and maybe their normal channels of information didn't have all the information about Groovy. 
it, it didn't sound like it, the uh, new world with new documentation was and stuff like that. So um, I was happy to correct the misconceptions there. Uh, but because of that question um, and the change, and I'd already asked from people that, you know, is Apache Groovy uh, that much more popular? I mean, it's good that we all seem to agree that, that it, it is, and there's, an, there's enough information, there's enough data backing that up, TOB index being uh, one piece of data doing that. Okay, so moving on from Groovy, um, so quickly, Rails had a couple of releases yesterday or the day before, isn't that correct, Ken? Uh, which uh, versions yeah. were they? Uh, well, they were just released both formally and on SDK Manager. So the, the 2.5 chain, which is the maintenance line of 2.4, got a new one, so they're up to 2.5.4 now. And on the main line, I think 3.1 is now... 3.1.2. Let me just run my. SDK. No, it's actually 3.1.3. It was. Oh. Uh, yeah, two days ago it was 3.1.2, and now there's a 3.1.3. As of this morning, it looks like that's that's a as of the broadcast was 3.3.16. So how about that? Uh, but 2.5.4. So yeah, it looks like uh, 3.1.2 was released, and then today 3.1.3. Of course, you just said that. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Uh, it sounds like, uh, again, another patch release. Um, I'm not sure if there was anything particularly new. Uh, I, was, I was somewhat surprised to see that multi-project build thing where you can effectively sort of development mode with multiple projects with mm -hmm. plugins and one application. That went into patch release. Uh, patch release. Yeah, it does feel like a bigger thing than just a patch release, doesn't it? Exactly. So... Um, I don't know whether what your feelings are about semantic versioning. I kind of appreciate it now, and it's like uh, if you're going to get a new feature, it should be going into a, a minor version. But I guess they wanted that particular thing in there as quickly as possible and getting it into people's hands without forcing them to upgrade to a sort of more recent version of Grails. It does seem like a nice question to ask on the Slack channel, I suppose. Uh, you know, because I, I like the same semantic versioning idea that you're mentioning. You know, that that would have been a 3.2 or something. Um, but I don't. I mean, I remember uh, Graham's blog post about it, sounding very interesting. And again, for those people who missed our last podcast, and you know, first of all, that's a shame. Sorry about that. At least you'll be able. No, I don't think they exist. Someone missed our last podcast. No. Well, yes, I think the reaction is, how dare they? <laughs> no, I don't think someone actually did or, or, or can admit that they missed it. We've got, what, six listeners? We can't afford to alienate anybody. We can't do that now. At any rate, for those who might have, have it in the queue and just got, haven't gotten around to listening to it yet, uh, the whole concept of the, the multi-project building Grails was that, in general, when you add a plug-in to Grails, it gets like any Gradle project, it gets converted into a jar when you deploy the app, and that's generally fine. But in development mode, they would like to make it so that if you modify the plugin during development time, it would auto-update the uh, the views and the, the entities and the services and everything else in it. So they've made they've taken advantage of Gradle's multi-project build capability to make it so that you could say you're in development mode for this plugin and therefore get the quick refresh on the new changes. 
Cool. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for that quick update. And I hopefully that effectively replaces the old inline plugin system, which mm. had a habit of breaking regularly because it was completely outside of the normal dependency resolution mechanism. So fingers mm. crossed this one will just uh, will, will be a lot more stable, and I, I imagine it will be um, with it being based on Gradle. And, and being sort of part of the normal dependency mechanism. Okay, so while well, talking about Grails, uh, just a little bit earlier today, uh, Jeff Brown of OCI and the Grails team uh, mentioned that the Grails user guide is looking to switch to ASCII Doctor. It was a little unclear. He said that the user guide was looking for it. I don't know whether that means they're hoping that they find somebody that's willing to delve into the internals of Radiox to work out how to generate ASCII doctor from the, the old G-Doctor yeah. tax. I think this is what's happening following uh, the people, the, the, ASCII doctor, the ASCII doctor guys and Grails on Twitter. You can see the discussion between them when they actually look for a solution to migrate. And this is a good thing. I mean, Doctor is very pleasant to work with. It's really a nice system. Uh, the O'Reilly books are all written using it now. There's a, some movement at Manning to, to go in that direction. Uh, I certainly use it for all my training materials now, so I, I really hope they're able to make that conversion. But I understand that it's not a trivial thing to, to change all the existing documentation over. But yeah, Jeff Brown, I, I know he sent a message to I think it's Dan Allen. His Twitter handle is what Mojave Linux or something. But uh, Dan Allen's the head of the ASCII Doctor project, and I know that Jeff sent him a, at least one tweet saying, "Is there an automated mechanism for this?" And uh, apparently didn't get an answer because then it followed up with, "So does anybody else know of one?" And hopefully that will be a successful effort. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, it was it was brought up at the Groovy and Grails exchange. Uh, they talked to me about it, and I said, "No, I don't really want to work with Radiox anymore. I had enough of that. It's <laughs> it's completely undocumented. It's completely I don't, I don't it's completely unmaintained. And uh, yeah, we have our own. Or back when I was on the Grails team, I created a custom version, had to fix some things and publish it independently. That's why you have a GDoc engine jar." That used to be part of the Grails distribution. So yeah, the sooner they can get off GDoc, the better. Um, but not looking forward to whoever has to do that. And, uh, they, they've got a interesting job ahead of them. Anyway, so volunteers, more than welcome. Um, it's, I'm sure it's absolutely easy to do. Uh, don't let me discourage you from offering your help. <laughs> Oops. OK, so. Next item up is Rat Pack 120. Not really much else to say about that because I think you covered the second release candidate. I'm not sure if there's anything new since then, uh, Actually, apart from it is an official release. It was just funny that we, we mentioned that there was a release candidate but didn't get into it. The next day after the podcast, they released 1.2 final. So we didn't really say much about it. I have not looked at the, at the notes to see what they've changed in it. Uh, I it's clearly getting close to something really useful because, you know, we did talk about Dan Woods finally finishing his learning Rat Pack book, which, you know, see, I haven't heard anything in a couple of weeks. Do you think that's actually done? I, I don't know. You know, we're still waiting. <coughs> but yeah, but I, you I know why they're, released, why they're released the next day, right? 
is because once we announced the release candidate, all our audience was so interested in that they had the pressure to release. That makes sense, yeah. All, all of them, right. Exactly. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a quick scan of the notes. Um, I, the, there is, I, I think, Pack4J integration. Somebody tweeted about that, that you get authentication and authorization. That may have sneaked in into the final release and may not have been in the release candidate as well. So um, that's definitely very interesting. Uh, we've got a link to the the release notes in the show notes. So uh, if you want to learn more, go there. Earlier this week, we had the London Grooving Grails user group meeting at which Martin Erdman did a talk on Rat Pack, all the non-blocking stuff. And that was fairly interesting seeing the testing support in Rat Pack, which actually looks very solid, the how the how configuration is handled. It's not really like a framework which often says, "Hey, put your configuration files here, there, or all over the place." You actually have that control, but they make it very easy to uh, load configuration and to also configure a, an application on the fly at runtime. Especially useful for testing. So if I remember, I'll pull a link to that, the skills cast uh, that recorded that session. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ratpack does a lot of things really well. It's still designed really for um, sort of low resource utilization. There's a lot of parallel parallelization in there. There's the whole kind of reactor pattern. Wow kind of based on that, because it's based on Netty. I still find that stuff hard, but Rat Pack does make it a bit easier. Yeah, it's very, it's very impressive what they've been able to accomplish. Right now, I think the only thing really holding it back is the lack of documentation or information about it. I, I think as, you, as people make those sorts of presentations and the user guide gets updated with the asynchronization, asynchronous information, and the books come out, I think then we'll see whether this has a, a major future in the, in the community or not. Yeah, so there's no pressure on Dan to finish his, uh, his copy editing phase. No, no, no. Because we, we, we all know once the first draft is in, the book's almost ready, yeah? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the problem? It should be done. Right. Now, we have to put pressure on Dan just because we have to. <laughs> so, fingers crossed. Yes, Dan Woods, Learning Rat Pack. You've got a month, man. Right. At most, you know, but I mean, he'll learn his lesson, which is you never announce these sorts of deadlines in public, you know. Yes, absolutely. And, and then we will, and then we will come for him. Oh wait, we are doing it all the time. Uh, speaking of releases, though, didn't you just release uh, another version of Lazy Bones? Uh, I actually released two versions of Lazy Bones, 0.8.2, which uh, I had, I'd actually done the coding for it back in July, June last year. <laughs> it just didn't get released. <laughs> so I thought, hmm, shall I release it along with uh, the next one while I'm at it? I thought, yes, it's best to have that history there. Otherwise, people are going to be thinking, what happened to 082? Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's only got a fix for the poor folks that have to use a, or, or a sitting behind an authenticated proxy. So my life has been authenticating proxies for about a week. Um, speaking of which, I'm really glad to have found the little proxy, which is 
based on Netty, so it's a Java-based proxy. Uh, really, actually, fairly easy to use. Um, not most of the difficulty is, you know, runtime errors and not really understanding what's happening at that point. But once it's once you get past those, uh, there's very little code coding involved. So if you ever need to do testing with a proxy, little proxy works really nicely. Um, and I found out about that from Betamax, which leads us into a, another item. So if you're not familiar with Betamax, it's a, uh, a testing library that helps you deal with any bits of code that hit the internet. So it will record the first time that any request goes out onto via HTTP or HTTPS. And then for all future tests, it just replays it rather than actually sending a request. So you can run your tests offline. But it means you don't have to manually craft HTTP responses. You just use a real one from an earlier test run. So it is really nicely done, but it's not seen any updates for quite a while. And to be honest, I think uh, Rob Fletcher did most of the code for Betamax 2 like two or more years ago, and it's just Ooh. been sitting there. Um, and it's basically moved from Jetty to Netty, uh, and it's pure Java, so for those folks that don't want Groovy in their class path, they can now use Betamax, or they will be able to use Betamax once Rob works out how to publish the next snapshot. Just to finish that other story, by the way, did you put anything different in 0.8.3 of Lazy Bones? Or, I mean, because I kind of skipped 0.8.2. I went right to 0.8.3. So 0.8.3 is supporting authenticated proxies. So I don't need to pick up the 0.8.3. Was there something different in in 3 than 2? or Oh, that's just the authenticated proxy stuff. Yes. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that project. I, I'm always happy to see it because it's, it's the, um, I mean, Gradle doesn't really have what Maven would have considered, what do they guess you call it, an archetype, you know, where you could set something up that had all the dependencies already in it and you know, to create a project, and that's what Lazy Bones is for. Uh, and I've been very happy with it. I, I mean, it's not that Gradle doesn't have something similar, but this is much more extensive and powerful, and I really I, I use it for uh, uh, Rat Pack projects, among others. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and t talking about the Gradle part of it, which is, of course, the, the init plugin, uh, Peter, did you check where it stands in terms of pluggability into the init plugin? Can you incorporate LazyBones as as a part of the any planning or or some kind of you know? Yes, yeah, so uh, I don't know. Integrate it somehow. Uh, not really. That's why there is a branch called Embeddable, which I've done some work on, uh, and I started to work on that again in the beginning of this year. Uh, and then I tweeted how hard it is to write APIs, and then I stopped. Um, I hope to get back to it at some time, but I can only deal with that stuff. And the, well, that's that's only one part. That's on your part. So LazyBones will be embeddable. How about the init plugin? How pluggable or flexible it is? You know, so I will be able to write my LazyBones templates and every, and everything, and just say, okay, this is just another flavor of the init plugin. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, just okay. for the it will be interesting to see them uh, merge. For those who because are not, they, they are essentially the same thing. 
Sorry. Uh, for those who are not aware, the, the init plugin inside of Gradle is a way of creating a basic Gradle project. Now, they only have uh, a handful of options. You can make a Java library, a Groovy library, a Scala library, interestingly enough, a, a base one which has essentially nothing, and then one of the very interesting ones is you could specify POM, and if there is a Maven POM file already existing in your project, it will try to generate a Gradle build file from it. I'm not sure how... I wonder... That's a tough problem. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if any code that I wrote from the original project that I did it four years ago, actually uh, more, five years ago, uh, is still there. <laughs> I didn't know that was you. You were the one who created yeah. that? Originally, yes. It wasn't called the Gradle plugin. It was... Um, I don't the in plugin. I don't even remember how it's called, but yeah, it's based on some work that I did. Yeah, back it was a script, days. I think. No, it was first. It was a script. Then it wasn't the script anymore. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. I don't even remember how it's called. Are you sure you want to own up to that now? I mean. Yeah, well, you know, I will be scary too. That actually, that was one of my first in groovy pieces of code that I wrote. So it is probably horrifying, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, we all had that. Well, I think there are plenty of grateful people because you know it's it's a, a pain doing a, a straight migration from Maven to Gradle. Well, not necessarily a pain, but time consuming if you have to do it all from scratch. Um, I, I don't know how much is left. Uh, I know that they have the acknowledgments to you, Baruch, for for having. Um, they they based it on your work for sure. Oh, I don't know way. how much is still left. Well, yeah, no, I was I was listed um, a couple of years ago when they first incorporated it. I was listed, and then it was changed to community contributors, and now I think it's all vanished. By the oh. way, still list the as incubating uh, in the Gradle system. They still call it incubating, which means it's subject to change. They also claim that they plan to add additional capabilities over time. Uh, I don't know anybody personally working on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if that comes up relatively soon. Uh, certainly, they're thinking about the Gradle 3 changes in the next few months, so we'll see how all that comes out, too. Yeah, I just want to say uh, one more thing on that. There is a Maven to a Gradle, a Maven to Gradle migration guide on the Gradle website, and that will give you some idea of exactly how far you can get with that script, and then all the other stuff that you need to think hard about, or you know, what something that gives you an idea of how much work will be involved in a migration for any given Maven project. Very good. So if you haven't seen that, uh, have a look through it, because um, it, it's definitely worth having that information at the back of your mind. So it looks like uh, Dan is really uh, making life difficult for himself. He says, don't fear Groovy Lang friends. On Twitter, this is learning Rat Pack copy edit phase is well underway. <laughs> so two weeks, Dan. There you go. <laughs> OK, we have a, a handful of more items, right? Yeah. That we want to just get through here because we're starting to run a little late. Yep. Okay. So uh, there's a there was a survey at some point by uh, Soren of Great Comp Fame on whether people will be willing to fund a Spock logo. So if you're interested, follow the link from the show notes. The survey is still there. 
as far as I can tell. Uh, and then it's basically how much would you be willing to fund it? Are there enough people uh, to start a Kickstarter for it? Uh, and then GreatConf, since we uh, just mentioned that, is branching out uh, to sort of one-day events. And there's a great day in Warsaw. Uh, I actually haven't put down the date, so I need to change that. Uh, that could be later this month or April. Not sure. Well, yes, and Soren uh, had a birthday yesterday, so I think it's a very good opportunity to say congrats and best of wishes for your birthday, Soren. Yeah, um, that's a good point. The uh, webpage for that great day in Warsaw says that it takes place on March 19th, so that's just a couple weeks away uh, in Warsaw. I actually got to give a groovy training class in Warsaw and it was a you know, wonderful group of, of students. I don't just say that about all groups of students, I just say it about, well, almost all groups of students. Well, but this really, they really were really, really sharp and very interested and it was a lot of fun uh, being there. So it, you know, it's a little far for me to commute but I wish I could go to that great day but I bet it's going to be really uh, an excellent day. The presentation. Yeah. If it's anything like the great conf, it should be yeah. pretty awesome. Okay, so Ken, do you want to finish off with the, those two items that you added? Oh, uh, the, there was a note in the, the recent Grails diary, you know, again, wonderful job with that, about the new capability in Grails 3.1 to do JSON views, and I'd never seen that. And by the way, looking at the docs for that, which we put a link to in the show notes, that very much looks like ASCII Docker, just as an aside. But they're pointing out that you can declare JSON views and build a view layer I find it kind of funny that they use the extension JSON, you know, it sounds like Google's JSON, but it's Ruby JSON in this case, but allows you to write a view that is a view in a, you know, in a nebulous sense. It's really about producing JSON data that you can then send out uh, due to requests. And sim you simply have to add a, a new plugin, the Views Gradle uh, plugin to your class path, Grails Web, Views JSON, and they've got a whole list of how to use the templates and how to create rendering domain classes and, and configuring static compilation and content negotiation and everything. So I, I certainly am looking forward to taking a look at that. Yeah, to, uh, yeah to, uh, another option. Another for... for... Okay. okay, sorry, I'm getting That's some echo from somewhere. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it, it looks like it's really good, and of course, combined with the regular RESTful web services capabilities of Grails 3.1, I think that could potentially be very helpful. Uh, the the other one that I put in there that I wanted to mention, uh, again, the Groovy Calamari, the email list that goes out periodically that Baruch is so fond of, uh, their latest issue has uh, several links on using CodeNARC with Groovy, the code quality plugin. Um, have you ever used CodeNARC? I, I haven't played with it myself, but I know a lot of people seem to like it. Yes, it was forced upon me for lazy bones, and I curse it every time I get CodeNARC <laughs> errors in the build. <laughs> but... I have so many at suppress warning annotations throughout my code base <laughs> to get around various code not warnings. So it's not uh, code mark that's the problem, it's the, the coder. Uh, uh, no, well, it's the rigidity of the rules. I, uh, I agree with some of them, but it's sort of, that rule applies much, most of, a lot of the time, but not always. And unfortunately, the rules apply always unless you add the at suppress warning. So. 
Um, I, but I think it is very useful, uh, especially if you want to ensure some consi consistency of style throughout a project. Um, and it, it works pretty nicely, and it's, it's not too hard to configure. Okay, well, that was the last thing I had. I, we, I do want to mention, of course, that the, uh, the call for papers for GreatConf uh, EU, I think it's finished. I think they're, make, they're in the decision process deciding which, uh, which talks they're going to use there. Uh, the, they're still, I think, accepting proposals maybe at GreatConf US, I believe, which is a month later. You know, the European one is the first week in June. And the U.S. one, I believe, is uh, into July. Okay, uh, I missed the call for papers for the U.S. Great Conf for sure. Really, I think it's still open, or at least the web page I checked yesterday, you know, to show all these wonderful Ruby students, uh, was still pointing to the 2015 version. But I think the call for papers may be available. I, I imagine we'll hear now, one way or another, whether it's still available. Uh, mm -hmm. When you submit a proposal for GreatConf, you can choose whether to submit to EU or US or both. So they were sharing the same underlying system. But now that the EU one is done, I don't know if the US one is still open, I guess. Uh, I, I, think it, I think it should be, but I, I don't know any details. So there we go, a call to whoever's organizing GreatConf US and the call for papers. Um, get that information out there about the deadline and where to go to. Um, submit talks. I assume that's probably Sean Jurgemeyer Jürgen, who generally handles that, uh, and I'm, I'm sure he's an avid listener to this podcast. You know, I, and if not, I'll send him an email. <laughs> um, of course, Greech just announced their their lineup, right? So they're all, they actually you can take a look and see who's presenting there or what they're talking about. I'm not sure when is when Greech is. Have to know. Um, I don't off the top of my head. I'll look it up now. Eighth to ninth of April, it seems. Okay, yes, so that's in Madrid. Right, that's the one in Madrid. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, by the way, I know that that G three summit now is uh, the one that is. That's the split version. We used to be Spring One Two GX, and now the Spring One people have got their own conference now. And the two GX people are, are now creating a conference called the G3 Summit. Uh, I assume G3 stands for Groovy, Grails, and Gradle, unless you're Andre Salmiray, at which point one of those is probably Griffin. Uh, or Gaelic, right, for, for Dirk or for Guillaume. And, and yeah, wishful, wishful thinking, of course. Yeah, so it's really GN Summit. I mean, it would end some large number. At any rate, that, I believe, is going to be the... I think it extends from the last week in November to the first week of December. It's like 20th, November 20th through December 3rd or something like that in Fort Lauderdale, which is always a good place to be in December. Yes. Cool. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I had looked for 2GX earlier and couldn't find anything for this year. Right. So it's handy to know that they changed the name completely. So you don't, you actually don't listen to our podcast when you are not in it. <laughs> Well, I was doing the washing up at the time, so you know, I, I, I was slightly distracted. Um, I don't remember hearing anything about G3 Summit. So well, right here's the web page is at g3summit.com, and it's listed. The dates are November 28th through December 1st in Fort Lauderdale, and the call for papers is currently open. They're not. There's nothing else there, but it's at least a placeholder that has all the information. I should mention, by the way, that's affiliated with the No Fluff Just Stuff conference who is also kind enough to host our homepage. If you go to nofluffjuststuff.com slash groovypodcast, you can get access to 
any of the uh, the YouTube videos or the uh, Podbean audio videos as well. Of course, we're also available on iTunes and wherever good podcasts are sold, found, whatever. Well, uh, well played, Ken. Well played. <laughs> and and take, talking about shameless plug, I just want to say that Groovy um, Groovy Puzzlers is a go for the third season. Um, they're already being accepted to conferences across the world, uh, including Greece, a great conf uh, Europe. Uh, we'll probably make it to Grand Conf US as well. Um, and uh, those are uh, great news. And if uh, all any of our six listeners have any interesting puzzlers, please do send them to us. I think the easiest way to, will be create uh, to create a, a, a gist and then just uh, paste the link to add groovy uh, puzzlers on Twitter. I should mention that in in my room with me and my class who are eagerly waiting to get back to actually you know doing something groovy related, I have eleven people. So you know we've got eleven listeners this week at least if we don't count ourselves. I don't know that they're actually listening, but they're here. <laughs> yes, I was going to ask that. <laughs> okay, right. Well, cool. I will make sure that we have links to uh, the summits. The, sorry, the conferences, particularly the G3 Summit. Uh, I've just been notified that the CFP for Great Conf US is apparently closed. Oops. Sorry. But exceptions may possibly be made. Yeah. I'm sure they were going to be Okay, well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, have we covered all thanks? Uh, yes, uh, Jakob for his Grail's Diary. Thank you very much for that. Big source of our uh, news information. Um, the shout out to No Fluff Just Stuff for the hosting. And anything else? Are we good to go? I think we got it. We're cool. So thanks everyone for listening, and hopefully we'll catch up with you in another two weeks or so. Goodbye from me. Take care. Bye-bye, guys.